You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's a good title, right? That was a, a pretty million, good title. To one? Come as on. far as your titles are concerned, yeah. Derek, that was that was one of the It's not ones. a Taylor Swift lyric, I promise you that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Of course, welcome to the PHNX D-Backs podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. This guy over here is Thunderstick Jesse Friedman, occasionally known as the vice mayor of PHNX. And we are here to bring you the finest D-Backs coverage in all the Valley. Uh, of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Jesse, that was a fun home run derby. It was a fun. I had home a blast run derby. watching it. What do you it think? It was a little. I thought it was a little anticlimactic that Juan Soto won. Honestly, um, the Empire won. Essentially, the bad guys won. It's like yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Which I mean, I'm sure you don't get that. What? Reference. What? <laughs> of, course, of course not, Derek. Um, what baffled me is that Julio Rodriguez. I believe his salary for this season is seven hundred grand. Basically and close to the league minimum, which essentially is the league minimum five sixty three and change or no. Yeah, actually it went up. I forgot. Yeah, because yeah, now it's, it's like, now it's like seven hundred thousand. It is literally yeah. the league minimum. I mean, this is his rookie season, so right. he hasn't he hasn't received any raises beyond that yet. So his annual salary for this season is seven hundred grand. Do you know how much money he would have made, Derek, if he would have won the home run? Derby? One million dollars. One million dollars. One million. He would have more than doubled his salary yeah. if he had won this home run derby and the man who just turned down a 440 million dollar contract offer snatched away <laughs> for Julio Rodriguez's 1 million dollars snatched so. it right away just like taking his happiness away uh by the way Juan Soto does make 17 million dollars yeah um so it's it, at least he at least he's not one of those guys that makes like 50 million dollars a year right but he's Pretty Soon close to, to be that. there, Soon to probably, be there. but uh, uh, yeah, not he, yet, not yet. I, I, I was hoping that when he hugged Julio Rodriguez there at the end, that he whispered in his ear, I'm going to give you the money. That's what I wished that would have happened. I know that's probably not <laughs> what happened. And honestly, that Derby champ chain that Bad Bunny uh, awarded him apparently came from Bad Bunny, I think. And that that thing alone has got to be worth a cool million because Bad Bunny's yeah. got money like that. But Or excuse me. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say that right. Bad Bunny. My, that's how, that's how my my family members will never forgive me if I don't say it right. But uh, speaking of Julio Rodriguez, what a night for him, right? Like, I mean, this to me is uh, was kind of like his like hello world kind yeah. of introduction, yeah. and it was really what I kind of wanted for Christian Walker. That's what I kind of wanted for him to be in the home run derby for, just to have that moment of you know, some national recognition and maybe sure. because like you said, in a wonderfully well-worded tweet, 
Uh, Christian Walker would have wiped the floor with some of these guys. And you know that's true. <laughs> some of true. these fools was, some of was these the fools exact phrasing. Some of these fools was the exact phrasing. I like that. But um, what do you think about J-Rod and, and uh, his his night? Yeah, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is one of the most, um, he's one of the most marketable players, I think. One oh, of the most man. marketable young players that baseball has. Um, yesterday, I thought it was interesting. There were people um, out there covering some of the pre-home run derby festivities. And um, people said that Julio Rodriguez was just mobbed with with reporters pretty really? much the entire time, yeah. which is funny because, I mean, he plays for the Seattle Mariners. He doesn't play for, you know, the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or one of the big market teams. Um but he's just so cool. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't help watch Julio Rodriguez play baseball and not just be like, like that guy could be the face of this game. Yeah, you know? and and not just that, but I think that some people are good interviews. And based yeah. on what we saw out of him, because I haven't seen him do an interview yesterday, it, he gave a great interview. And I think that, yeah, you know, I, I we tend to see some canned answers from players all year long, but. You know, this weekend, All Star Break is where, like, we kind of want to see the, you know, the more normal human side of them, right? Yeah. And get some of those answers just about, you know, how they love baseball and how excited they are to be there, right? So many of these guys are there for their first time and experiencing this entire, you know, thing through, you know, new new eyes. And Julio Rodriguez's interviews were refreshing. Uh, watching him hit the crap out of the ball in the home run derby, yeah, was refreshing and. He also ended reigning champion Pete Alonzo's uh, uh, reign of terror over uh, over the uh, home run derby, and uh, the polar bear took it hard, to say the least. He did. He was he was caught up in his feelings, and uh, he took to Instagram with this this little. I I actually asked Jesse if he was joking if this was like <laughs> facetious uh, he wrote on instagram this morning it hit me that i'm no longer the home run derby champion if i can be honest with all of you my fans it's like a part of me is gone a piece of my soul ripped and torn staring in the mirror i see a man who lost his smile i'm gonna need some time off to hook uh, to think through uh think things through and i hope you'll respect my privacy that's that's really it's bit, something. It's a bit much, right? <laughs> I mean, you won two home run derbies, something that most players never even win one of. I think you know you've kind of had the uh, admiration of of everybody in baseball, and you know no one's taking what you've done away. But uh, that seems that seems a little rough. I guess. All right, the longer... all right. So so breaking news, Derek. You ready for this? Is it fake? It's fake. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was fake, Jesse. Jesse, you got me with that I'm just going to, yeah, oh. yeah, I totally got you. Um, yeah, that was tweeted out by New York Porch Sports, um, which sure enough is a satire page. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're just kind of making fun of... Um, how, how he was yesterday, yeah, right? Yeah, like was... he was visibly, um, you could just you could just tell that this was, and he was trying to, you know, he was going to give the proceeds to his charity that yeah. he and his wife uh, have been working on, so... Um, you could tell that he really, really wanted to wanted to win this, but he, he uh, put yeah. he, the the reason why this is so believable is he put uh, a lot of pressure on himself, and you could hear it yesterday during the All Star game yeah. or to, during the home run derby. You could see it with, with his preparation, right? Other people were kind of out there <laughs> enjoying the atmosphere, talking Did to you fellow see him players, lifting, lifting weights, lifting in weights between. in the back room, yeah. and just sitting in a chair, like kind of zoned in. Uh, he, he gave, he gave a hilarious answer when, uh, I think after his first round, when they asked him, like, you really seem in the zone. How are you feeling right now? Yeah. And he said in the zone. 
And he was. I, I want to give props to, I wish I remembered her name. Do you remember the name of the ESPN reporter who was on the ground oh, yesterday? Who she was, was trying way too hard, but I, was, I get where she was going. Like She was yeah. trying to do everything she could to get these guys to open up. She really was, which I, which I appreciated. Right. Like, you know, Buster only will go down there and he'll do an interview and it's just kind of like. You know, he's asking good questions, but the answers are all kind of surface level. It's hard, but this though. woman, it's she would hard. not, she yeah, would not she would let not the relent. players go off, yeah. uh, get off easy, which I thought was, which I thought was phenomenal. Absolutely not. And I think that with baseball players, you come to the longer you're around them. Like I have been around this team now for eleven years, Jesse, eleven years, and I. Uh, I've just I just come to expect them to be a certain way. Like I, I expect a certain answer. But, yeah. but going back to what we were saying earlier, that's the reason why like during the all-star break, you kind of hope that they come out of their shell a bit more. They don't give you right, the right. you know, both teams played hard uh kind of answer. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're playing in the home run derby. Like it's a home run derby. Right. You have to have fun with it. Yeah. This is not the time to be like you know, we left everything we had out on the field. You know, I was right. just I was just trying to get a good just, pitch to hit. Yeah, we I was just, just doing like, my best. I was just trying to hit the ball hard. That's all I was out there trying to do. No, I want WWE level of smack talking between these guys, right? <laughs> I want them to cut promos on each other. I want them to come out and be like, let me tell you something, brother. I heard Albert Pujols and what he was saying, you know, that kind of thing. I need that. Uh, and I love the format of it. So the format of it definitely lends to that with the head-to-head yeah. matchup, right? The head-to-head matchup portion of it is so fun. I mean, I've been watching the Home Run Derby now for a long time, and I feel like the head-to-head the format is by far the best. Uh, and then we got to see a big upset in the first round, obviously. The Machine, yeah. uh, Big Al, Albert Pujols had himself a day. Uh, great to see him not only get honored, but to get out of the first round against Kyle Schwarber, yeah. who was mid at best as a uh, as a number one overall seed. But I was so close, Derek, to tweeting out something sarcastic about like, oh, surely this will be close, like Kyle <laughs> Schwarber against Albert Pujols. Like, and it was, and it absolutely was. <laughs> and you could tell Kyle Schwarber was just like mm-hmm. beside himself. He was like, how on earth yeah. am I losing to this forty two year old man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, then he's like doing the whole salute thing after, uh, after the round was over, which was pretty cool to for see. sure, for sure. And I think the difference there is the guys that did well, were having a fun time, right? Yeah. Going back to J-Rod, J-Rod was having a fun time. He, looked he had like, like 32, I think his first round and yes. then 30, his second round. Those he are hit, big numbers. He had over 80 home runs in the home run derby. It's crazy. Right. And so, uh, it's, it's, that's incredible in itself. Uh, one of his home runs, this is how close he was. To potentially winning this derby one of his home runs was one foot away from being 440 feet which would have given him the additional 30 second bonus and who knows who knows he kind of caught fire late in his round and when he had his uh, extra time so maybe he could have gotten to a point where he won this thing uh, I I have to question the accuracy of the measurements I have to I can't <laughs> help it how do you know it went 439 feet I just have to I can't help but wonder that, but Juan Soto, again, is your home run derby champion, stealing uh, $1 million from J-Rod, of course. That's how we're we're putting it. Uh, (laughs) But Juan Soto, obviously, the most compelling story approaching MLB's uh, trade deadline because now we are finding out that he is on the trade block, and we have some rumors about him getting moved places that we do not want to see him get moved to. Mm. Yeah, the San Diego Padres, Derek, have no, been uh, reported no. as the no more. favorites for Juan Soto, which is so like, what happened to the San Diego Padres, man? Like, like a few years ago, they were the kind of team that 
wasn't really in on any of the big names, right? Um, Prior to what, th- two seasons ago? Something like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's Manny Machado. It's giving Fernando Tatis, you know, whatever it An was, an absurd amount of, amount of money for right. a guy who's hardly played in the majors, which I can't blame them for. I mean, it was probably a good good decision on their part. But the Padres are a different, a different team, a different franchise than they were a few years ago. I want to say they have a new ownership group that probably explains that. Um but I mean, it's it's wild and and it's unfortunate for Diamondbacks fans looking at a division where not only do you have uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, of course, going out and, and being willing to spend just about however much money it takes to get whomever, um, but the San Diego Padres. And of course, you're probably not trying to trade for Juan Soto unless you have at least some interest in extending him and keeping him in your organization beyond that. I guess it could just be more of a rental sort of a deal, but um but the Padres are, I mean, they are a formidable franchise and and their willingness to spend big time money on a guy like him is only scarier and scarier for, for you know, a fan base for, you know, the Diamondbacks. It's pretty crazy. Here's what I think. And here's how I see it. This is kind of what happens when you have to put, put up with a team like the Dodgers being in your division and you yeah. have to do something kind of dramatic in order to shift the power within the division a bunch. Right. Uh, at this point, the Padres have defined kind of who their core is and who they're going to build around. They know that. Yeah. They also know who they're willing to part with if it means getting a player of Juan Soto's caliber, and they're willing to part with probably a lot, right? Um, but a lot of it is going to be prospects and building towards the future and things like that that the Nationals are going to be interested in versus like trading Machado to the Nationals or something ridiculous sure. like that, right? But who knows? Who knows what it's going to take and who knows how bad it's going to be within the division for Juan Soto to be a Padre. We hope that's not the case. I would much rather see him go to I, – I saw a rumor about maybe the Seattle Mariners. And I kind of love that idea because I really love what Seattle Mariners are doing this season. Yeah, They're a fun team and They're I think it would story. be exciting to see them make the playoffs. And man, if they – they're a young, exciting team. If they could add a guy like Juan Soto, who's very young, very much the future of baseball, that could completely change uh, the AL West and, and the Seattle Mariners' trajectory for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, could be. Do you know? Do you know how long it's been since the Mariners have been to the playoffs? No. As a as a former Seattleite myself, I I'm have sure to know the know. answer to this yes. question. Two thousand one. It was the year the Diamondbacks won the World years. Series. That was the last time the Mariners wow. were even in the postseason. And they've been close, like, year after year after year. It's not for a lack of trying. Jerry Depoto has made, like, 4,000 trades right. over the last uh, five years or so to try to get them there. But they've never they've never gotten over the hump, not, not in more than 20 years now. It's crazy. That drought is old enough to drink, and that brings me to... It uh, is. It is. Wow. Company, well, good years, transition, right? Derek. Years. Well done. Uh, of course, 21 years and only uh, drink responsibly over at Four Peaks Brewing Company, but uh, definitely try out their variety of beers that they have to offer. Also, check out their location. Uh, the 8th Street Pub is incredible, incredible food, incredible beer, incredible atmosphere. Uh, I love craft breweries, but I love them more when they're an actual like production facility. There's a couple of places in L.A. I used to go to, and I just kind of loved the idea of like being at a place that, you know, a nationwide produced beer is also there, but I'm in their like little tap room, right? Yeah. Four Peaks has that. That's where they make the beer at. So go check it out. Take a tour. Enjoy yourself. Get some merch. Uh, most importantly, help out the local teachers because Four Peaks Brewing Company is 
donating a proceeds, uh, portion of their proceeds to, to getting supplies for local teachers. So have yourself a beer and know that a portion is going to a good cause. Uh, they have a wonderful variety of beers. If you can't make it out to the Four Peaks Brewing Company location, make sure to grab a 12-pack near you, wherever you're at. Convenience store, supermarket, it doesn't matter. Uh, Four Peaks, as they say, has been in the mix since 96 here in the Valley, and it's my favorite beer. Should be we'll, yours too. We'll be there, won't we? We'll be there live. We'll be there next Wednesday. Next right? Wednesday, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. My final show before I go off to Disneyland. That's where I'm headed after that. The most magical place. But my magic place is Four Peaks Brewing Company over on 8th Street in Tempe. And that's where we will be, all of us. So join us that day. PHNX going live. We also have our Toast of the Month sweepstakes. Uh, get down on that Four Peaks $50 gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice as well as that phnx annual membership and you don't need to win that sweepstakes in order to get yourself an annual membership get yourself an annual membership and you will get one of those t-shirts for free so it's almost like you won uh right that's pretty close to winning your whatever you want over at the phnxlocker.com if you become an annual member if you're interested in becoming a month-to-month member we will hook you up with your first month for just 50 cents regardless of your membership status uh you will get members only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com as well as members only access to our discord that has been an absolute blast to be in it's always a joy uh it's my favorite place to hang out Uh, i don't really uh have many places on social media i go besides twitter and Discord is it. But you guys can join us there and help us uh, discuss this team and what we're going to do. We also need some ideas for T-shirts, I think. We need some new T-shirts. Well, um, someone in the Discord, I'm forgetting who it was, said earlier today that we already need a Hispanic Titanic there it is. Uh, T-shirt for there Ivan is. Melendez. So we'll have to get on that. We got to get that. That, okay. that, is a, that is a must. But uh, also, of course, if you guys haven't done so already, if you're watching us right now on YouTube, we appreciate you guys being there. Make sure to subscribe to the phnx sports youtube channel sign up for notifications that way you don't miss whenever we go live or any of the other shows go live if you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app subscribe to us there if you haven't done so already and leave us a five-star review jesse good news there was worry that drew jones wasn't going to end up signing with the arizona diamondbacks as ridiculous was, as that sound. was there no why there why? wasn't who was there worried wasn't. some people you know why because it's the arizona diamondbacks but luckily <laughs> That concern is no longer as he has officially signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So now we don't have to worry about that being a thing anymore. Of course, giving uh, an 18 year old kid over eight million dollars is pretty it's a pretty significant way to get them to sign on the dotted line, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. He got the slot. So I think it was like eight point one nine million, something, something around there, um, which is what was expected to happen. Um, If a guy gets taken second overall and is offered the slot. I mean, there's really no way that any player is going to reject that. The only the only way you would possibly reject that is if Drew Jones thought that it was like a lock that he would be the first overall pick if right, he went to college right. and came back next year. But, you know, you could get hurt. Like, there are so many things that could... It's probably more likely that you'll move up further down in the draft than that you'll move up that one final spot. Um, so there was really no chance Drew Jones ever wasn't going to sign here, but, um, it's good to see it happen so quickly. Uh, Jordan Lawler last year did not happen that quickly. Uh, there were, I think it took two or three weeks after the draft happened. Um, he was a, uh, a trickier situation just because he was also committed to college and he was taken lower in the draft than he was, um, expecting to be taken. The Diamondbacks got him at sixth overall. Um, he fell there, but a lot of people had him ranked as the number one overall prospect in the draft. So, um, that was a trickier situation, but this one, not so tricky. Drew Jones at number two. He was going to take that slot um, every day that ends in Y, and, and it's good <laughs> good to see that happen so quickly in the process. We actually have a little bit more 
clarity on what the Texas Rangers were doing as well with taking Kumar Rocker, yeah. right? Like they ended up taking Brock Porter, who in the fourth round, um, who was a first round projection. It's crazy that he dropped that low. It's, it's crazy, but yeah. they said that part of the reason why was because of his bonus demands and the concern with him not signing with the money that they saved by taking Kumar Rocker with that, what the third pick, uh, they end up having that additional slot yeah. uh, bonus to be able to pay someone like Brock Porter. So that that actually ends up looking a little bit clearer for the Texas Rangers, even though they did yeah. sacrifice a pretty high draft pick for someone who most people thought wasn't going to go anywhere close to the top 10. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I think Brock Porter was ranked around 15th, something like that on most draft boards. Um, and ironically, Kumar Rocker was ranked lower than that <laughs> by, by most <laughs> right, people. Right, right. No, um, absolutely. I mean, uh, he was... He, in some drafts, he wasn't expected to go until round two or the competitive balance round. Yeah. Um, in other drafts, he yeah, he was a bit higher, uh, obviously, right? I think he went as high as 15th or 16th. Some people had him connected to going to the Padres, which sure would have been another absolute nightmare for us to deal with. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it is, it is one thing that, uh, of course, he uh, – it, it seemed like they have a pretty good plan now when you look back at, at everything they were doing. That's kind of what we might have – we thought we might have seen out of the Baltimore Orioles, but they went with a much higher draft pick in Jackson Holiday. Yeah, Jackson Holiday, I I think is pretty much going to be a slot pick, um, which is kind of interesting. I yeah. mean, that suggests that the Orioles didn't pick Jackson Holiday because they wanted to save money. They picked him because he thought they thought he was a better player. I guess. I mean, they had him higher on their board than they had Drew Jones, which is which is interesting because uh, there's not. It's not a lot of scouts, not a lot of analysts out there that I've seen who felt that way. Pretty much everyone had Drew Jones at number one. You know, the thing about it is, is that uh, they were looking for an infielder. Like everybody that they had the Orioles connected to was a shortstop or second baseman. Tamar Johnson was the or one. Or a catcher. Or maybe. catcher. Kevin Parada I saw right. thrown around in yeah. there a little bit. Um, but they definitely had the, I, I, I think that they got, you know, what they wanted as far as in the draft. And I think that. Uh, you know, they got the highest ranked infielder that they could. He was it's it's like splitting hairs at that point. Like you said, it's it's a matter of yeah, maybe needs for the organization. But I mean, who really knows what these guys are going to be down the road or what you're going to need down right. the road? So right. it's it's always going to be out there. And that's the wonderful part is I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to be the ones left with question marks. Uh, in five years when, you know, we're seeing these guys. at let's, major uh, league level. Let's hope not. Let's, let's hope, hope not. not. Yeah. Um, but speaking of that's that's the future. Let's take a look at the past because we got a little bit of spying on our exes to do today, you guys, uh, and not necessarily in in a good way. Not well. I guess I don't know how to phrase this. I feel like I'm <laughs> phrasing this poorly already. But uh, it's not that we are spying on someone doing good. We are spying on someone calling it a career. About four hours ago, Stephen Souza tweeted out uh, what athletes are doing now, which is like. A note message on social media but yeah uh, right. he, he titled the tweet time to call it a, a career uh, and he says 16 years after my name was called in 2007 by mike rizzo and the washington nationals i have finally decided to hang up my glove in my career it's been an incredible journey that i dreamed as a kid i would be able to go on without jesus none of this would be possible and i'm forever grateful for all that blessed me with i want to give a special thanks to all the coaches players who impacted not only my career but my life I want to give a special thanks to my wife and my family for supporting me during this amazing journey. Without your love and support, I would never have made it out of the GCL. I don't know where Jesus is leading me next, but I do know that I want to share my experiences and my love for the greatest game in the world with those who strive to be what I did. Here's to the next chapter. 
And here's to you, Steven Souza, because uh, again, yeah, we uh, we it was a short time with the Arizona Diamondbacks, but definitely yeah, was. definitely a guy that uh, that had his career probably cut short, unfortunately, due to some injuries. You know, limiting him a bit, but yeah, uh, somebody who had some flashes of being pretty great at times in his career. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty sad when you when you look at his journey. Honestly, um, I mean, he was a pretty good player in 2017 with the Tampa Bay Rays. We're looking at 239 batting average, 30 home runs, 78 RBIs. He's a pretty good outfielder. He stole 16 bases, um, and that's when the Diamondbacks made a pretty significant trade. Uh, to acquire Steven Souza, they traded Anthony Banda, who was one of their uh, top pitching prospects at the time. They traded Brandon Drury, um, all-star snub, Brandon Drury. Um, Don't bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> more spying on our exes. There you go. Um, but yeah, and then and then he came over to Arizona, and he just wasn't the same guy. Um, in 2018, Steven Souza hit 220 for the Diamondbacks. He slugged 369. He had five home runs. Uh, he only played in 72 games. He suffered a uh, pretty significant injury in an exhibition game right before the season started. It was a a gut-wrenching time to be a Diamondbacks fan right before the season started oh, to was, see that. It was, I was at that game. It was really yeah, it was devastating. It's happened a couple of times. I think AJ Pollock had a big injury in one of those exhibition games. They gotta they gotta stop playing those exhibition games. It just <laughs> feels it just it doesn't tend to end oh, well. Oh man, yeah. Um, right. Those last couple of games right before the season get rough. But but yeah, I mean it. It's just sort of sad to see. I mean, really, ever since that injury, ever since um, his recovery, trying to work his way back from that, he was just never really a big league quality player again. Uh, he kind of bounced around. The Cubs took a chance on him. The Dodgers took a chance on him. This year it was the Mariners. Um, but altogether, I mean, he played a total of thirty four games after he left the Diamondbacks over the last three years. So um, it's just been a rough go for him and. Um, you know, he still had some some really good playing days early in his career with Tampa Bay. So, uh, but it's sad to see an injury just you know leave a player so different from from what they were before. You know, and and leave them in a spot where they just can't get back to the player that they were. So, um, sad to see Steven Souza's career end. But um, but he's a yeah, he's a cool guy. I interviewed Steven Souza actually a few years ago. I talked to him on the phone for like fifteen or twenty minutes, and um, he's a really just a really neat, yeah. very down to earth, fun to talk to yeah. sort of a person. So. Um, so yeah, it'll be baseball. will miss Steven Souza for, for sure. sure, for sure. Uh, and by the way, make sure to try out our friends at OG's gummies. If you haven't had a chance to try them out already, uh, you can get them at your local dispensary near you. If you are looking for where to purchase them, you can check them out at ogsbrands.com or on Instagram at ogsbrands. And of course, OG's is all about flavoring life. They have the best flavored edibles in the entire valley. They're also the number one selling edible in the entire valley. So make sure to try them out. Like I said, not only do they have a variety of flavors that are delicious and they actually make edibles that taste good, but they also offer a wide range of doses as well as strains for you to choose from. Sativas, Indicas, three milligram, 10 milligram and up, depending if you're a medical patient, go get, go, go get that up, go get that uh, extra part. But uh, anyway, make sure to try out OG's brands. Uh, and if you have a chance, check out their pool party over at the Maya day club. I believe that's on July 30th. It's a blast. Um, and it's something that I definitely can't do uh, more than once every six months. But of course, I, like I said yesterday, I, I, I'm a facade. I am a shell of my former self. And my mouth does much more talking than my 
body wants to back up when it comes to uh, partying at places like the Maya Day Club. But you guys can do that too. And again, make sure to check them out at ogsbrands.com uh, or online at ogsbrands. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Oh, Jesse, we got the All-Star game tonight. We do. What are you looking forward to seeing tonight? I, I, wait, let me ask you this. Do you like the All-Star game? <laughs> No. I mean, is it something? Well, okay. Like, I, I'm, what I'm, kind of a question is that? I'm not a huge fan of the All Star Game at times because I feel really? like the Home Run Derby is, in my opinion, it's the best yeah. event in all of like oh, All Star weekends for any sport. I love the Home Run Derby, and I'm not saying that they should put the Home Run Derby last, but I am saying that uh, you know it's it's kind of like it's the Home Run Derby is the peak for me, and then we have the All Star Game the next day. However, MLB found a way to yes. rectify that yes. because again, if the if the All Star Game tonight ends in a tie after nine innings, they are actually holding a home run derby to determine the winner. And again, this is the best possible way to determine this. I think it should be implemented all across baseball. It really should. I mean, I I do think that the new way that extra innings are done makes makes extra innings a little bit more exciting, maybe. I, you know, a little bit, not people much. People in baseball are so on board with it, and the reason why is because they are as sick of baseball games not having a determinable ending as we are, yeah. right? Like they don't want it's, these. I games. mean, it was literally the players who right. wanted this. It right. wasn't. It wasn't the owners. It wasn't the executives. It was the players who wanted this in place because they don't. They don't want to play six-hour baseball. I games want it anymore. in place. I want it in place. I have been at Chase Field sometimes <laughs> until almost one o'clock in the morning, Jesse, and that's just like watching the game. Not to mention the post, you know, game stuff yeah. that we had to do. Right, right. right. I was there. I, I didn't get home until like two one night at a 15, 16 inning game. It was ridiculous, <laughs> right? I don't want any more of that ever. But I think that this idea really is like someone said. Like maybe let them play one inning. Uh, maybe maybe uh, do maybe one do inning a, and maybe then. do a tenth and then <laughs> why would you even try in that one inning though? It's like <laughs> screw it, let's just let's play, just, let's just do let's a just home run derby. Home like run let's derby. just get to the good stuff here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what are you thinking about seeing tonight? What are you excited besides possibly it ending in a tie? I mean, that is a hundred percent what everyone is. <laughs> That's all we want to see. Um, we just we just want chaos. That's what we, we want. want but... We absolutely want chaos. Um, I have to say, I'm pretty disappointed. Um that Brian Snicker decided to name Clayton Kershaw the uh, starting pitcher for uh, the National League. Really? Um, be, just because... It's in L.A. It's in L.A. How I, many more All-Star games does Clayton Kershaw have? Yeah, in, um... I get it. But he just didn't He just didn't deserve it. Um, <laughs> Sandy Alcantara, far and away. I mean, he's the Cy Young favorite right now, sure. probably by a pretty significant margin. Um, and so I just think it kind of sucks for him to be in a spot where he did everything that he possibly could have, and he's not getting that honor. Um, well, that's why we're in favor of Joe Mantiply being part of the National League team, right? It's not to say that Joe Mantiply is the is is the you know most exciting choice on the team. Don't but, say that, Derek. I know, but I'm saying you know what I'm saying, right? Like a lot of people, it's not going to be you know the Cattell Martes or you know like Josh Rojas or some of these guys that probably would be. A little bit more charismatic, a little bit more exciting to see out there in the All-Star game. But Joe Mantiply was the right selection based on merit, right? He was the one that, based on his performance in the first half, truly deserved this honor. Sure. And I think that's what it's about sometimes is getting it right and not having the, like, commemorative thing for someone that, like, has been around for a long time like we saw with Albert Pujols, right? Yeah. But uh, admittedly, as much as I didn't want – Pujols in the home run derby, it got fun. And it him was getting fun. out of the first was round fun. was fun. And I don't, 
I didn't hate that. Clayton Kershaw's not retiring, though. You know, at least no, not I as know. far as we I know. know. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. And so it it just feels a little bit different to me. You know, if it if it was like his last All Star game, then I'd be like, sure. You know, we, we can. You know, it's in L. A. It's a perfect fit. But but I mean, it. I just don't think you can. I just don't think you can do that just because it's in their home ballpark. Um, I think that's just not a not a really a great reason at the end of the day. But um, but I mean, yeah, the All Star game is always fun, and um, I think we're all rooting for a tie. We're rooting to see Joe Mantiply, uh, you know, face a couple batters. Hopefully, I think that'd be fun for us to see. But um, in the they, American League, they got it right, right? They got a guy. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know, in Shane McClanahan, yeah. starting for the American League. He's and had an extraordinary. By far, he's season. had an amazing season for the Rays, and a guy that again deserves it. And isn't a household name, but yeah. that's the point of this. That's the point of All Star Games. That's the part of promotion and Nike and Gatorade commercials and shit. The point is so that you know who these guys are, especially for smaller market teams, and you know what they've what they've done. They get a platform like this for them to come out, not only show off in a, in a game like this, but you know yeah. for people to see the kind of first season that he had because he's had an incredible first half. You know, so yeah. And here's the other thing. Shohei Otani made the declaration that he doesn't want to hit or he doesn't want to pitch in this pitch, game. Yeah. And I love that he said that. And I'm glad that he did. Because why? Why should he? Right? Like, <laughs> we know he's incredible. We don't need to see him pitch anymore. I, we I all honestly, just want to see him hit dingers. That's what we want to see out of him. I think it would have been pretty cool, honestly, if he if he did both. Because because Shohei Otani is I mean, he's pretty iconic in this oh, game at so this like, point. At one point, just DHing and pitching at the same time. I think there's a uh, way to finagle be, yeah. the roster so that he could do both <laughs> in one game. And I, I just it. think that would be so cool because everyone, I mean, at this point, the word is out that Shohei Otani does both and is, you know, essentially the modern day Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah. Like, the word unlike, is out on that. For un- sure. Unlike <laughs> any player we've ever seen. And I just think it would be cool for, you know, in the All-Star game, in the Midsummer Classic, the spectacle uh, that the country really does have their eyes on. I think this is one day where baseball really does kind of control the sports landscape. Like, there's not a lot of other things happening right now in sports, relatively speaking, relative to other times of the year. And so this is baseball spotlight moment. And what more do you want in baseball spotlight moment than Shohei Otani pitching and hitting in the same baseball game i just i think that would be incredible but um sadly i don't think we're going to see that today probably not probably not another interesting factor is on the DraftKings sportsbook app jesse Ooh. the national league is a favorite in this game shocking shocking uh wait no excuse me <laughs> well yeah the national league is a favorite uh to win by or, or to not lose by uh one and a half right so american league right now technically the run line is uh, one and a half for the American League, but that's a plus 170, minus 200 for the National League. So it's close. It's right there. It's saying it's going to be a one-run ball game or less potentially, or the National League is most likely going to win, especially being a home. So and the National League, they're the favorites? It's it's The run line is for the American League to win by a run and a half, but okay. the National League has the uh, minus 200 for plus 1.5 runs right oh, for the run line. Okay. So basically okay. they're going to lose uh by a run or win is what it's saying here. I mean that's but, that seems a little crazy to me because the uh I mean the National League Okay, so you're saying the American League is then the favorite. It's it, or it's just weird. It has, it's it's the favorite but it has a better value. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to tell, but okay. it's basically that it has a better value, but yeah, they are American League is set is a uh, is a minus one and a half 
favorite on the run line. The and National League hasn't won since 2012, mm. which is like Craziness. how? How? <laughs> like the National League it is not worse than the American League. At least <laughs> no. I don't think so. Um, I guess I guess this year it's a little different. Yeah. They both they both have the DH power in them, right? Both the National League and the American League are now sure. sort of on the same page in that regard. So um, I don't know if that changes anything, but <laughs> but my, it is weird that the American League has dominated this game over the last decade. It I don't really, really know how to explain that. It really is, right? Because you would just think that it's it's really not that important of a game, but then it was for a period of time, it was, there, right? Because it, it was. determined, you know, home field advantage. Which was absolutely ridiculous. That's crazy. <laughs> like, we're going to look back on that and think that is one of the most insane things baseball ever did. Yeah, you know? but we're also very glad that they had that rule in place in 2001 because that's why the Diamondbacks had home field advantage. So... <laughs> when it works in our favor, we're okay we'll with it. it. But now get, we'll get, get that out of my sight because it is it is atrocious. <laughs> it is not it is not the way that it should be done. This it helped a- us, but fuck it after yeah. this. Get rid of it. I don't want it. <laughs> right. Um, and speaking of the DraftKings Sportsbook app, make sure to go sign up. If you're a new customer, you can use our code of PHNX and you will get a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. That's promo code PHNX. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for detail. And I don't know, Jesse, I might be taking the American League. You might be taking the American League. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense, but I might be taking the American League. We'll see what happens. But, of course, uh, before we go, uh, I wanted to give a big happy birthday to a personal hero of mine, somebody who has inspired me to be sitting in this chair. Oh, mine too. Me too. This is both of us. Right. Absolutely. Stuart Scott would have been 57 years old today. And I just can't say enough about how much of a inspiration he was on my life, how important and fun he made sports to me and how even, you know, after he passed away, he found ways to continue to teach me lessons. It's kind of wild because I've always kind of been fascinated by Stuart Scott and read a lot about him. Uh, And of course, you know, I've, one of my favorite stories is how he got hired to ESPN. I've talked about it quite a bit. He was covering a rodeo and uh, he was working for local news and he covered this rodeo so well that, you know, they just were like, we have to have yeah. this guy. This guy has it's to be wild. a part, you know. That's how you got hired at PHNX That is, too, I did right? cover yeah. a rodeo. That's, <laughs> that's actually, how we all got here, actually. All, yeah. we, all, we all covered rodeos well, and that's I, how we. <laughs> I think the lesson there, right, is that like you, one, you never know who's paying attention to one yeah. what you're doing right that's part of it too but the the purpose here is especially for us we want to make watching this team fun and we want to make what we do here fun and that's what Stuart scott did yeah. he made sports fun yeah. he made anything he did fun he went to a rodeo and he made it compelling and fun and did a great piece on being there and he put himself all into it and i think especially with what we're trying to do here at phnx there's a bit to take away from that we just yeah. had our draft day coverage and as most of you guys know people don't really cover the baseball draft really well right it's pretty much just us and hell we didn't even cover it that well (laughs) let's be honest we got the first pick wrong we had no idea what was going we're like jamar johnson right but you know i think the point Uh, is is that we want to do we want to be that for you guys we want to make sure that we make this team fun even when there's no one else to do that we appreciate you guys being a part of this uh and i appreciate Stuart scott very much for his impact on my life. Yeah, yeah. Stuart Scott is just, uh, he's just so good at what he does. And and you're right. There was just something about his, just something about his personality that just, 
made sports moments seem even bigger than they were. Yeah. Like he just added gravity to the situation. He made shit cool. Um, like he made sports cool. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, he really I, did. I, I often say I was addicted to a sports center when I was a kid. It was my favorite show to watch, you know? Yeah. Unless the sun's lost then I avoided it. at all costs. <laughs> but uh, even, even watching a highlight when the sun's lost, Stuart Scott made it fun. And that's, uh, that's what it was all about. These guys, they, they, they made sports fun and that's, what's important. Sometimes with the sports, uh, even with the betting and and the wins, losses, everything, it, it can be a bit, uh, I guess, it's not fun anymore. It gets to a point where it can't be fun, right? So it's like yeah. we got to embrace it. We got to know, set your expectations reasonably and enjoy watching the moments in the second half from this team. I think that's what we're going to get and take away from the Arizona Diamondbacks is, you know, you're, you can't expect them to have some radical, you know, uh, all of a sudden win streak or something that happens in the second half. Hopefully we see things kind of level out for them and maybe even return to some of the success that we saw earlier on in this season. But, you know, for the most part, we're just going to see fun moments. We're going to see a lot of Alec Thomas highlights. We're going to see Merrill Kelly doing the damn thing. And it's, you know, Christian Walker is going to continue to smash the hell out of the ball when nobody is on base. We're going to get to watch it. And that's, what being a fan is all about. <laughs> Nobody's on pace. <laughs> <laughs> I got to add that caveat, obviously. But, um, of course, we thank you guys for watching us and tuning in. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys again so much for tuning in. We appreciate your time. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we always thank you guys for being here in the comments and, and watching the show. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you're cooler than the other side of the pillow.